0: Hi, this is Madeline LaPointe. Uh, We are doing a podcast project for our Social Work 290 class, and we specifically decided to work on the criminal justice system aspect um, regarding human rights. And with me, I have Blythe McConaughey, and I'm going to let her introduce herself. Hi. (laughs)
1: Um, I'm Blythe. I'm the Sexual Assault Victim Services Coordinator for the Family Support Center in Chippewa Falls. Um, I've been there almost four years. But before that, I was a sexual assault advocate in a couple other counties in Wisconsin. So I've been doing it, you know, pretty, I've been an advocate in some form for about 10 years. Um, what else? I have a, I have a master's in gender studies.
0: Um, so the first question I kind of have for you is in terms of, like, there's typically two different types of sexual assault that happen in prisons, and then the first one is, uh, inmate on inmate, and then staff members on inmate. Uh, in your experience, what happens more frequently?
1: I've only worked with inmates who were assaulted by staff members. I've never... Had an inmate who was sexually assaulted by a fellow inmate.
0: That's actually really interesting. Yeah, because like you know, I suppose in- I mean, not that it doesn't happen. Right, right. But definitely. like, I've
1: o- the only Priya cases that I've been. Does everybody know what Priya is? The Prison Rape Elimination Act. I do all that work for the. So it's a state. What is the word I'm looking for? It's a state requirement that all institutions, prisons in particular, have to honor, like, to keep an eye on it, um, to uh, reduce the amount of sexual assaults. Well, hopefully to eliminate. But um, anyway, so every county has a PREA coordinator, and I'm the outside third-party advocate that responds. And the only cases that I've been brought in on have been inmates who, who have been assaulted by staff. That was a really long-winded way to
0: answer your question no that's okay and i think that's kind of surprising to at least someone who hasn't worked in the system yet because you know so stereotypically in your media Mm -hmm. do you hear it's always you know being raped in the shower
1: exactly like i think that's part of rape culture like we that's part of like a stereotype for men you know like don't drop the soap you know don't go don't go to prison because you'll be raped there and i'm yeah that that totally does happen but like not not to any of the guys that i've talked to yet i've had a couple inmates say to me you know i i've been harassed by my cellmate or harassed by another inmate like maybe that inmate was masturbating in front of them and it made him uncomfortable or maybe that inmate was saying something kind of pornographic or just kind of being being inappropriate like sexually explicit conversations that they didn't care for But no, the only sexual assaults have been from staff.
0: That's really interesting. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah, no problem. Um, So the second question I have for you is, is it very often that you discover that allegations are fabricated? No. I think
1: that's another piece of rape culture. We're led to believe that survivors lie for whatever reason. They lie to get ahead. They lie to get money. They lie to get fame. Um, And in 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 an incarceration setting, we would think that they would lie to get a better cell or to be moved. I hear that a lot. Like, well, he he just said that because he wanted to be in a different cell in a different building. Or he wanted to be closer to the rec room or whatever.
0: Or, yeah, wanted special treatment treatment. of some sort. Right. That's interesting. No. Yeah, but I don't.
1: I've never talked to. Well, I guess I should also make the caveat that they don't bring me in until they know it's been substantiated. So I've never talked to someone who was lying because they were investigated and it turned out that what they were saying was legit. I can't really speak to how many times inmates in the two prisons that I work in have fabricated that, but they don't even ask for me until they know it's true.
0: Okay. Does that make sense? Yep, that does make sense.
1: However, inmates are allowed to call our 24-hour crisis line. As you know, <laughs> Yep, um, they they have access to that, so they can call and get support. But that would just be one-to-one, non-therapeutic counseling. Hi, how are you? What do you need? Coping skills, that kind of thing. That, as opposed to what I do when I go in, which is really try to tackle their emotional needs. and And we talk about a lot of things like... Nightmares and panic attacks and flashbacks and emotional regulation.
0: And then uh, what what two prisons do you provide your services for? I go to the Stanley Correctional Institute in Stanley,
1: Wisconsin and the Chippewa Valley Correctional Treatment Facility in Chippewa Falls. Well,
0: that's a mouthful. Yeah, I have to say it like that every (laughs) time because it's,
1: it's long.
0: Yep. Cool.
1: And then I'm also in the Chippewa County Jail, and they have PREA standards as well, but I've never worked with an inmate for a PREA reason before. I go in and have one-to-one sessions with those inmates. Usually, though, that's childhood sexual abuse that they are working through. It's trauma that they've endured, which may or may not have led to whatever crime they committed that got them into jail. So a lot of them want me to come in to talk and be supportive about that. But my PREA cases in the prisons are people who were assaulted while incarcerated.
0: That's interesting that you get... You know a perspective from very different types of assault yeah because most people you know that work in your field probably would only work in like a certain type so it's kind of interesting that you get you know a taste of like oh my everything. god i get a taste of everything
1: before this interview i was at an elementary school talking to a kid
0: oh wow and
1: two days ago i was at a prison and i go to high schools and i go to the alcohol treatment center and oh my god
0: oh that's awesome though um Okay, so then the uh, third question I had for you, and then in what ways, if any, does money or poverty affect victims and inmates?
1: So th- the these next few questions are the ones that when I was reading over this, I wanted to make sure I didn't screw up and like say something wrong. I mean, it, I'm of the opinion that our prisons and, and jails are disproportionately filled with men of color and people from lower socioeconomic backgrounds. And, you know, I don't know how your listeners will approach this, but, I mean, that's what I've personally experienced, that in Chippewa Falls, everybody that I talk to is middle class or there are a lot of poor people, too, but they're all white, you know. And then when I go to the prison, every client I have is a person of color. So, you know, like my my old school my grandpa, who has all these racist tendencies, would be like, well, that's because black people deserve to be in jail, because they commit all the crimes. Yeah, yeah. When we know that that's absolutely not the case, that the system is tilted to get certain people into prison and leave other people out. But you didn't even ask about race yet. You were asking about money and class. (laughs) um, I guess I don't really... I I haven't really gotten into the the backgrounds of the inmates that I've worked with in terms of whether or not they had money, but I know that like 90% of the crimes that they've committed like I've never talked to a murderer but I've talked to a lot of the guys that I work with are in prison because of armed robbery so if you think about the reasons that you would rob someone, you know maybe it's a drug addiction maybe it's a lack of money or food or whatever it is, I mean why ever you would rob, maybe you steal things to sell it to feed your kids I mean I have no idea But I feel like that is indicative of some class concerns. I mean, money, you know.
0: That's definitely interesting. I didn't really think about it that way. Mm -hmm. That's a good way to think about it. Um, And the next question is, how does race play a role, if any, in assaults?
1: Yeah. So just, like, I guess I already answered this, like, just
0: all of the guys, literally everyone,
1: is either black or Latino, All my clients. But then in my office in Chippewa, they're all white. So it's just, it's staggering. All the people of color are in Chippewa, but they're in the prison. They're not on the street with us.
0: And do you find that it's the same way in the Stanley prison? Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting.
1: Yeah. And I mean, I I realize that this is like a, a large, I have no idea who else is in the prison. I don't have statistics about race, the population as a whole. Like, I have no idea. But what I can speak to is the men I've spoken to in person, and they've all been black or Latino.
0: Okay. That's interesting. And then how do drugs and alcohol play a role, if any, in assaults?
1: To my knowledge, every the the guards that assaulted the inmates that I've worked with were all sober when they did it. So you mean, like, were these drug or alcohol facilitated assaults? Um. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think so. I know that they get drugs in the prison. Like, you can, if you want some marijuana or whatever, you can get it as an inmate. I mean, people sneak it in all the time. But most of, every guy that I've talked to who has been assaulted by a guard, the guard was not high or drunk when he did it. Oh, and there's been a few women, too, I should say that. A couple of my cases were female guards who had assaulted male inmates. Which I think might be surprising to some listeners.
0: It, it, I think it would be too, because when you know, when you think of assault, it's you, its mainly you know male on female assault is stereotypically like what you think of.
1: Oh yeah, no, this is either male on male or female on male.
0: Interesting.
1: Because the two prisons in Chippewa, all the inmates are men. They're men's prisons, and then in the jail, we we work with female inmates. Is that easy to like keep straight? Like, mm-hmm. okay.
0: Yep. Yep. That makes sense. Um,
1: Because sexual... If I could just, like, go off on a
0: tangent. Yes, yes, please do.
1: Sexual assault is about power and control. So it's about somebody having power over another person. So if you think about a guard taking advantage of an inmate by saying, like, I'm in charge here, I'm in control, I make the rules... You're a criminal. You're going to do what I say, or X, Y, and Z will be your consequence. You know, I've had some guys say to me, he told me if I didn't do it, he would report me and get me in all this trouble and get, like, my TV taken away and get my job taken away. And it's, it's they, they use their power to get them to do it because they can, you know. And I had one guy who was assaulted by a female. She said, if you don't do it, I'm just going to tell everyone you rape me. So he didn't want to get rape charges, so
0: he did it. Right, because if you get the rape charges against you, then you're going to be stuck in there even more so. Right. So. Mm-mm. Oh, and then just like an extra question I had for you as I was thinking. Um, so when dealing with people that have been assaulted in prison, what like specific human rights issues do you think that you cross when working with this?
1: Wow, I don't know. I mean... I feel like when these people first meet me, they don't expect me, you know. And I know no one listening can see me. But, like, I have a lip ring. I wear Chuckie, Chuck Taylor shoes every day yep. and jeans. Like, I'm super, super chill and laid back. And I talk like I'm 15. So when I show up and I'm like, what's up? How's it going? I'm Blythe. Like, let's just do some talking. Tell me how you're feeling today. They're like, Ugh. you know, shocked that I don't I'm not with the DOC. I don't work in the prison. I'm just going to you're just a, a human being to me. You know, I don't know what you did to get here. I don't care. You don't have to tell me. I'm going to treat you with respect. I'm not going to treat you like you're some Can I swear on this podcast or I probably shouldn't do that cuz it's for a class. I am not going to treat you like you're some scumbag, you know, like you're you're a peer as far as I'm concerned. We're both people. And I guess that's a human rights aspect that I that I take very seriously I'm not going to be judgy and rude and look down upon them because they're in prison and I'm not
0: which I think is super great that they have that resource because they've probably been looked down upon by whoever else in their life so mm-hmm. it's really by great everybody that, right exactly you know parents whoever else and if they had parents right exactly there's a lot of factors that go into that role, which mm-hmm. it's great that they have that resource, um, but are they able to have you know if they're assaulted do they have access to like medical care and
1: yeah but that's another i mean that's that's awful too so um, when someone's sexually assaulted and they want to see a doctor they they can have a sane exam a sexual it stands for sexual assault nurse examiner, um, and I'm just going to pretend that you don't already know that. <laughs> Um, And and that's something that any sexual assault survivor can have. You go to the emergency room and it's like a head-to-toe physical exam just to make sure that you're okay. And when an incarcerated person goes through that process, there's a guard there who stands there and watches the entire thing. So there's no privacy at all. And if it was a sexual assault that led to some injuries you know, maybe the nurse has to take pictures, maybe the nurse uses a black light or shines a really bright fluorescent light to to collect evidence, then it's humiliating enough to have the nurse doing it, but then to also have a guard staring the whole time. I mean, so yes, do they have access to medical care? Of course, but it's it's awful.
0: But in terms of the emotional aspect, they definitely are not able to have like the emotional aspect of it met. I
1: mean they can they they can in Wisconsin we have advocate accompaniment laws. So that inmate can say, I want an advocate, but how many inmates know about advocates, you know? So like if an inmate was sexually assaulted at let's say Stanley and they wanted to bring him to Eau Claire for a sane exam, then they those nurses would contact family support center where I work, or crisis response, um, and then they would have they would have an advocate. Or they would have the option to tell me to leave. Like, I don't need another person in the room. Please get out of here. That's happened to me before, too. Um, I think it's always good to have an advocate, but obviously, I'm going to be biased about that.
0: Yep, yep. <laughs> yep, Maybe Blythe, you. we would uh, definitely just like to thank you for your time and driving from Chippewa Falls to meet with us. Oh,
1: my pleasure ladies
0: yes super great so.
1: <laughs> what is our fo- our phone number we have an 800 800- we have a toll free number but i'll just give you the local jam 715 723 1138
0: And would you quickly just like to do a brief uh, overview of some of the other things that the Family Support Center may provide to the community? I would just love to. So
1: we (laughs) happen to have an office right here at the University of Wisconsin-Eau Claire. Um, It's called CASA, Center for Awareness of Sexual Assault. The woman who runs that, her name's Amanda Bondlock. She doesn't work for the university. She works for Family Support Center. So um, that means that she's confidential. Um, so if someone on campus is assaulted or has been assaulted and needs to talk, they can certainly go to CASA. They can call the number I just mentioned, 24 hours a day, and get a trained advocate. Um, we do one-to-one counseling in our offices, and we're not, we're not therapists. We're not doctors. You know, we don't treat or diagnose, but we help people with skill building. Um, we are really good listeners, And we do a lot with the legal system. We help people with restraining orders. We attend court hearings. I do a lot of medical advocacy in the hospitals, like I talked about. We're in schools doing support groups. Oh, my goodness. We're all over the place.
0: That's a lot of great resources, and thank you for doing so.
1: If we can't help, we can refer to someone who can. So it never hurts to just call the number, and we'll figure out what we can do. We do sexual assault services in Eau Claire and Chippewa counties. And then we do domestic violence services only in Chippewa County.
0: Okay, cool. Cool. That's great to know. And thank you again for your time. I really appreciate it.
1: My pleasure. Thank you.